0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the fourth Sunday in Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, lead us to a share in the joys of heaven, so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
1: Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paul and Barnabas carried on from Persia till they reached Antioch in Pisidia. Here they went to synagogue on the Sabbath and took their seats. When the meeting broke up, many Jews and devout converts joined Paul and Barnabas. In their talks with them, Paul and Barnabas urged them to remain faithful to the grace God had given them. The next Sabbath, almost, the whole town assembled to hear the word of God. When they saw the crowds, the Jews, prompted by jealousy, used blasphemies and contradicted everything Paul said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, We had to proclaim the word of God to you first, but since you have rejected it, since you do not think yourselves worthy of eternal life, we must turn to the pagans. For this is what the Lord commanded us to do when he said, I have made you a light for the nations, so that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. It made the pagans very happy to hear this, and they thanked the Lord for his message. All who were destined for eternal life became believers. Thus the word of the Lord spread through the whole countryside. But the Jews worked upon some of the devout women of the upper classes and the leading men of the city and persuaded them to turn against Paul and Barnabas and expel them from their territory. So they shook the dust from their feet in defiance and went off to Iconium. But the disciples were filled with joy And the Holy Spirit. The word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
1: We are his people, the sheep of his flock.
2: We are his people, the sheep of his flock.
1: Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing for joy.
2: We are his people, the sheep of his flock.
1: Know that He, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We are His people, the sheep of His flock.
2: We are His people, the sheep of His flock.
1: Indeed, how good is the Lord. Eternal His merciful love. He is faithful from age to age.
2: We are His people, the sheep of His flock.
3: A reading from the book of the Apocalypse. I, John, saw a huge number, impossible to count, of people from every nation, race, tribe, and language. They were standing in front of the throne and in front of the Lamb, dressed in white robes and holding palms in their hands. One of the elders said, These are the people who have been through the great persecution. And because they have washed their robes white again in the blood of the lamb, they now stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his sanctuary. And the one who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never hunger or thirst again. Neither the sun nor scorching wind will ever plague them because the lamb who is at the throne will be their shepherd and will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. The word of the
2: Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
3: Alleluia, alleluia. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep, and mine know me. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus said, The sheep that belong to me listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never be lost, and no one will ever steal them from me. The Father who gave them to me is greater than anyone And no one can steal from the Father. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So the Gospel today speaks of the closeness between Jesus and his people. Listen, the sheep that belong to me, listen to my voice. I know them. And they follow me. So, who is this flock of Christ? They're the ones who listen to his voice, and he attracts each sheep by the sound of his voice. Now, there's a great temptation in the spiritual life to turn God into an abstraction. It's easiest to hold God at arm's length and allow my faith to remain something theoretical, intellectual. It's so easy to allow prayer to turn into a time of thinking about God rather than speaking to him, forgetting that this is actually a time of encounter with him. Now, that's not to say that one's conviction is weak either. A Christian can have a very strong intellectual conviction. Believing the teachings of the church to be true. But the fact is there's still something missing from that picture, right? Faith isn't just about believing the right stuff. It's believing him. Faith isn't just having the right understanding. It's loving him. Faith is friendship. It's a real temptation to allow our faith to degenerate into an ideology, a set of rights and wrongs that carves up the world into manageable compartments, the right and the wrong, the good and the bad, the saved and the damned. This is a tendency that can come about in a faith that's merely intellectual. In fact, Pope Francis gave a very strong warning about falling into such a temptation. He said, if a Christian becomes a disciple of ideology, then he's lost the faith. Notice, it doesn't mean that a Christian has started to believe things that are contrary to the faith. Such a Christian can be perfectly orthodox in the content, but he'll have lost the faith because he'll have reduced it to an intellectual proposition. How easy it is to turn Jesus into a something about whom we talk, rather than a someone to whom we talk. And more importantly, someone to whom we We listen. There's no doubt about it. Christianity seeks truth, but it's not a philosophy. Christianity seeks good, but it's not a moral system. First and foremost, Christianity is a relationship, it's a response to our Lord Jesus who has called us first. And so, in the Gospel, Jesus describes himself as the shepherd who calls his sheep. The sheep are the ones who attend to the sound of his voice and the ones who are called one by one. Stop and consider the voice. A voice is always personal. It belongs to someone. And the one who is speaking is is revealed in the uniqueness of the voice. Even before the content of what the voice says is considered, we know that the voice is a someone. And so to know the voice of the shepherd means to know the shepherd. The call of this shepherd is an invitation to follow, to remain close, to place ourselves under his mission to pasture the flock. And yep, that means that there are concrete truths that we believe with faith. And yes, that means that there's a concrete good that we must do and evil that we must avoid. But what's at the heart of the Christian life? It's the bond established between the sheep and the shepherd. The relationship is at the heart of the Christian life. Because it's not a book we read and it's not an ethic that we conform ourselves to. It's a voice that we hear and follow. You know, Pope Francis wound up by saying something that really was quite shocking. He said this, When a Christian becomes a disciple of ideology, then he has lost the faith. He is no longer a disciple of Jesus. He is a disciple of this attitude of thought. Now, it's here that we need to make an honest assessment of our own Christian life. How can I know that I'm actually following the Lord as my shepherd? Well, the measure is prayer. If the fundamental attitude of the sheep of the flock of Christ is to listen and then to follow, then do I actually listen for the voice of Christ? Do I really recognize that He is a constant presence in my life, a companion? who leads me through each and every day. I mean, is he my sure reference point? Do I put before him all my cares and concerns, the sufferings and burdens of others? Do I give him thanks for having led me through each day for the many graces and blessings that I've received, those green pastures and flowing waters that the shepherd led me to? If not, it may well be that I've fallen into the temptation of turning God into an abstraction. An idea more than a person. A figure of history more than a current presence. So why do we fall into this temptation of turning Jesus into a merely intellectual proposition? Well, I suspect it can be a rather sneaky way of keeping control. If the Lord's voice isn't one that actually addresses me, then it's also not one that can call me. And so I don't need to follow, or at least not anywhere I'd rather not go. There's great comfort in the thought that, you know what, Jesus just agrees with me on everything because it leaves me unchallenged. His voice can't interrupt and call me away from the path that I'm presently walking. I love the church. I love her teachings. But do I love Jesus? Maybe just quietly, somewhere beneath, I'm afraid that the shepherd might take away something that makes my life truly happy. Maybe it means that I have to repent of a sin that I'm not yet willing to let go of. Or maybe I'm afraid that following the shepherd, I might be disappointed or abandoned. Better to keep control, to set my own path towards my own happiness. All of these different reasons can make us seek refuge in a purely intellectual faith. We can be broadly in favour of the good shepherd, but follow him only at a distance, without a sensitive ear to the sound of his voice calling, and his voice Calling me. But here's the problem. Are our fears well placed? Does it make good sense to keep the Good Shepherd at arm's length? That we would filter through our own fears and our own preferences the voice of the Shepherd? Well, The Lord reminds us that it's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he has come that we may have life and have it to the full. What need we fear of such a shepherd, the one who lays down his life for his sheep? I know them, says our Lord Jesus. I give them eternal life. They will never be lost. No one will ever steal them from me. It seems to me then the key to being able to follow our Lord Jesus is to know his voice, to know him. So the fourth Sunday of Easter is commonly known as Good Shepherd Sunday and uh, the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. And the church places a particular accent on this Sunday, acknowledging that some are called to a particular consecration to Christ in the religious life marked by the evangelical councils, poverty, obedience, and chastity. And the church also places a particular accent on the fact that some men are called to participate in an intimate way in the mission of the Good Shepherd, in pastoring his flock, in a vocation to the priesthood. There's only one shepherd... Priests and bishops don't replace or duplicate the mission of Christ. They share in it, and they make it present in the church. And so, through the sacrament of holy orders, they're configured to act in the person of Christ, the head, to share in the ministry of the good shepherd, to gather, to feed, to heal the flock through the sacraments he instituted. And so, as Christians who listen and follow I think each of us must have allowed the question of a vocation to the priesthood or consecrated life to enter our minds and our hearts. I think discerning a vocation to the priesthood or religious life isn't just something that priests and nuns and brothers have done. They're the ones who've done it and heard the voice of the shepherd call, yes, follow me in this special way. But all Christians need to seek from the Lord at some stage I think, anyway, a yes or a no to the question. If a disciple is one who listens and follows, then each of us must attend to the possibility of a vocation and be willing to follow where the Good Shepherd leads. Christ will allow us all to discern a vocation to the priesthood or religious life, because even if my vocation lies elsewhere, I'll have become a better disciple for having discerned for having attended to the voice of the shepherd and having been willing to follow. Unfortunately today, perhaps more than at other times, there's a lot of fear surrounding the question of a religious vocation. Can I possibly make such a sacrifice as to give up marriage and family and live out a life of service to the flock of the shepherd? In giving all this up, would I be giving up my joy as well? losing the prospect of being happy and fulfilled. And you know, this anxiety might even be heightened for parents and grandparents who fear the prospect of their son becoming a priest or daughter, a religious sister. How could they possibly be happy living a life that's so different from mine? But it's here that the voice of the Good Shepherd calls out once more. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full He takes nothing from us of what makes life truly beautiful and joyous. Instead, he's the one who longs to lead us to that which corresponds to the fullness of life. He leads us to green pastures and flowing waters. Our greatest task as Christians is to listen to his voice and to follow our shepherd. And on this Good Shepherd Sunday, the World Day of Prayer for Vocations... Let's pray that all young people discerning vocations to the priesthood and religious life may hear the voice of the shepherd and say yes to whatever it is that he calls them to because whatever he calls them to it will be life and it will be the fullness of life. Thanks for praying with us and may God bless you abundantly so that this day may give glory to God the Father.